Also, I like to thank God for our leaders, our Pastor Stevens and Pastor Sharon. I thank God for them and thank you for this opportunity. And it's a privilege to stand before you. So we're gonna, I won't be before you long, but we're gonna get started. All right, my LCD team, amen. Amen. God gives, God gives, God gives. As soon as I can get a little straight here. God gives. God gives us gifts. God gives us talents. He gives us those things. In 1 Peter, we're going to our first scripture for tonight is 1 Peter 4.10. And God gives us gifts and talents for the purpose, he says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold, manifold of various grace, diverse grace of God. But he also gives us spiritual capacities. And that's in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And it reads, for, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But God gives us those things, and again, they're special endowments, and they're for the body of Christ, to benefit the body of Christ. But also, there's fruit. And there's a difference between gifts and fruit, because fruit is developed. God gives us gifts, and that's his part. But the fruit is our part, that we may develop, that we may develop, because fruit develops over time. Amen? And fruit is also what gifts are sometimes driven by image, what you see on the outside. It's the exteriors, those things that you can see, but fruit is developed. And it's, 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 it's developed over time, and it's that interior that what you usually can't see until it's revealed, because you're going to produce something. Amen? So which takes us to our next scripture. And you may say, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? Stay with me. Huh? We, we're going to get there. We are to be fruit producers in God's vineyard in the earth. When we give our life to Christ, he plants us in a vineyard. Let's go to Matthew 7, 17, 20. It says, even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit, nor can oranges bear on an apple, uh, apples on a tree, vice versa. But every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Therefore, by their fruits, they would know, what is this whole thing about the fruit, the fruit, the fruit? Well, let's turn to Luke, our next scripture, Luke 13, 6 through 9. It says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. 
And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. Now let me just break that down to you. A certain man had a fig tree. He planted it in his vineyard. Whose vineyard? The father's vineyard. This is the father's vineyard. And he came looking for it, and he came looking for fruit on it, but did not find any. And I'm reading this a little bit in the Amplified. So he, who was he the father, right? Said to the vine dresser, who's the vine dresser? Jesus. The father said to Jesus, see here, for these three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it continue also to use up the ground, deplete my soil, intercept the sun, and take up room? Why should it? But he, Jesus, being our intercessor, being our mediator, he said, he replied to the Father, he said, leave it alone, sir. Just one more year, give me one more year until I dig around it, until I put some manure around it. Amen on the soil, then perhaps, then just perhaps, just give me one more year, then perhaps it will bear fruit after this. But if not, you can cut it down and out. Not only do you, can you cut it down, but you can dig it out by the root. Now I did a little research here, and I hope this show showing a little research. I did a little research on the fig tree. And it says typically, fig trees take about five years to produce the first crop. Figs ripen at different times of the growing season, depending on the tree variety and the growing environment. Environment is key. Environment. Fig trees grow well in the areas that provide eight hours of daily sun and moderate winters. The first growing season helps to train the trunk in its evolving shape. In the tree's second and third growing seasons, the branches thicken, new leafing appears, and the trunk develops bark. The tree roots spread, thickens, and set. Once a fig tree reaches its maturity, it can be expected to produce fruit once or twice per year and can continue to produce, you know, throughout the decades. Now, this helps me to understand the next scripture, talking about the withered fig tree. In the early dawn, the next morning, as he was coming back to the city, he was hungry. And as he saw one single leafy fig tree above the roadside, he went to it, but found nothing but, leaf, but, found nothing but leaves on it. And he said to it, never again shall fruit grow on you. And the fig tree withered up at once. Now, this is the scripture that perplexed me. A lot of times it's like, okay. Okay, you know, and I've always said, oh, well, you know, Jesus cursed it. because So I say, why? Okay, God, I know it didn't have the figs, but why it didn't have the figs? Now, mind you, in our research, it said it takes five years typically, depending on the environment, it should produce its first crop. Okay, so then the previous scripture that we read about the parable of the, of the fig tree, Jesus was teaching his disciples because at the time that's the only way they can understand he had to teach through parables. So here, here it is, okay, Jesus come to the fig tree and he sees this fig tree from afar. And he said, wow, okay, it, look, it, looks, it looks like it has figs on it and I'm hungry. So he looks from afar because he couldn't be up on it because it said, and then he went to it. So he had to see this fig tree from a distance. 
And the distance of this fig tree, it had green, leafy leaves. It looked real good. But then when he got close up on it, he couldn't find no fruit. Now, what is this thing about the fruit, the fruit, the fruit? He couldn't find any. And so he cursed it. So I said, okay, Lord, why? And the Holy Spirit said to me, y'all, he said, because it had time to produce, and it didn't. It had time to produce. You look the part. You look like your leaves were green and leafy, and you, looked, you were ready for the picking. You looked the part. But when I got close and looked up on you, you couldn't even meet my need. The scriptures say he was hungry. The scriptures say he was hungry. And when he got close up on it, the tree couldn't even meet his need. So what is it? It was useless. It's useless. It looked good. And, and also on top, it says, but you spent all of this time. You had, I give you at least five years to produce your first crop. You had time and you spent a lot of time taking care of the exterior, looking good. All your leaves were green. Oh, you look like you had it all going on. But when I pulled the curtains back, when I pulled the leaves back, I saw you didn't have any fruit. And so therefore, you could not even meet my need. I was hungry. How many people that are hungry out there for the word and for God? Who is God going to send? Who is going to bear the fruit so that we can meet the need? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So therefore, if you're not fruitful, you're not useful. That's the gist of these parables, of these scriptures. If you're not fruitful, you're not useful. So my next scripture is Isaiah. Let's turn to Isaiah 5 2. Why I'm talking without my glasses? I do not know. Praise God. <laughs> Isaiah 5, 2 through 5. And this, this is regarding Judah. And Judah was God's disappointing vineyard. And he dug and trenched the ground and gathered out the stones from it and planted it with the choicest, the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine press. Now when I look at that choicest vine, to me, it represents God's best. God said, I'm giving you my best. And built a tower. That tower to me represents God's protection. In the midst of it, and hewed out a wine press. That wine press represents expectation. And he looked for it to bring forth grapes, and it, bought, it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard, which is my people, says the Lord, what more could have been done for my vineyard that I have not done? What more could God have given? He gave us his best, his son. What more could he have given? 
And now I tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take it away its hedge, and it shall be eaten and burned up, and I will break down its walls, and it shall be trodden down by the enemies. God said, what more? I came here, I dug and I trenched and I, the ground and I got even all the stones out of the way and I planted you with my choices vine so you can produce and grow and mature. So I've given you everything you need. I've given you access. And not only top of that, I put a wine press in the midst of you because I expect when I plant you, with my choice is vine, I expect, I'm already expecting before you even blossom and bloom, I expect because what I have given you, I expect it. I expect that God has done everything possible, possible. He's given us access. He's given us everything we need to grow, to grow. Those grapes in this scripture, those grapes that God was expecting, he was expecting ripe grapes for wine delight, pleasure, luxurious. But instead, Judah brought forth wild grapes. And they, the grapes, represent poison berries, a bad smell, offensive morally, shameful, caused to make stink, to displease, stench, nauseous, or useless plant. God has planted us with a purpose and for a purpose. He did not just save us to be saving us, because he can save us. He planted us with a purpose and for a purpose. And with that purpose is to produce, to grow. That's with the purpose. But for the purpose is so that we can be used. So you say, what is this whole thing about fruit? What is this whole thing about fruit? God has always been in the fruit producing business. From Genesis to the very beginning, always, in Genesis 1.28, he says, then God said, bless them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that comes on the earth. And Proverbs is telling, this is amplified, from the fruit of his words, a man shall be satisfied with good and the work of a man's hand shall come back to him as a harvest. Proverbs 11.30 said, The fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. And then God comes and gathers them up for eternity. Hallelujah. Your Bible may say, He that wins souls is wise. So there we have it. Jesus comes back to the fig, going back to the fig tree. He looks and he says, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? God is concerned with our development more than our comfort. He's more concerned with our development than our comfort. He is. John 15, 1 and 2 says, and this is amplified, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Now, in the previous scriptures we read about the, the parable of the fig tree, when the father was talking to Jesus, Jesus was the vine dresser because Jesus is the vine dresser of the garden. So therefore, God is the vine dresser of Jesus to give him everything he needs. And then Jesus in return comes and gives us everything we need because the scripture says here in John, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit 
that stops bearing, he cuts away, he trims off, he takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. Now, mind you, it says, when it stopped bearing, it didn't say when it never bared, so there's times in our life we have challenges, times we are discouraged, times sometimes we feel like we want to give up. And those times it's just like we stop bearing that fruit. We started out good, but somewhere in the middle we got off track. But Jesus is his, he said, I cuts away, I trim off, I takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch. Remember now, he's the keeper of the Father's vineyard. And he's constantly walking through the vineyard to see what needs to be pruned, what needs to be cut. And so our Heavenly Father, he's a fruit inspector. You all know when we go to the grocery store and we pick up fruit and we look at it and we squeeze it and we smell it and we wonder, okay, it looks like it's going to be sweet and juicy and good for, to the taste and good to the eyes. Well, what do you think the Father does? He constantly shows up and looks. Okay, I'm looking at fruit here. I see you. I see you over there. You're doing good. You're not ready yet, but you're doing all right. And I see you over here. You're doing all right. Still got some little work to do, but you're doing all right. But I see you progressing. I see you're not just sitting there and stagnant and not moving and not growing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God has always been in the fruit-producing business. John 15, 16 says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have planted you, that you might go forth, there that word again, bear fruit, and keep on bearing, that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain. And see, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, this whole thing about the fruit, and sometimes we overlook that. But this fruit really represents who God is. It's his traits. It's his characteristics. And just like Jesus said, he said, so whatever you ask the Father in my name, as presenting all that I am. Well, what is presenting all that God is? What is that? Because when we come before God, God is looking to see himself in us. He's not looking for us. Because what he says in this flesh dwells no good thing, and our righteousness is as filthy rags. So when we come before God in our prayer closet, in our personal, personal time, and corporately when we come here, God is looking to see himself in us. And then Jesus said, then so whatever you ask of the Father in my name, as presenting all that I am, my Father wants to see you. Because what Jesus said, he said, I and my Father I want. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, so, so here we are. And he said, then he may give it to you. So when we go before God, God is looking for something specific. And now I can really appreciate the scripture when the scripture says, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? And I did that and I cast out demons. And the Lord said, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you because I never recognized you. Every time I came to inspect you, to inspect the fruit, expecting to see my son, I never knew, I never recognized you. I don't see you because he's looking to see himself in us when we come before the Father. When we come before the Father. So you say, what is this fruit? What is this whole fruit thing all about? Let's turn to Galatians 22, 
22. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is who God is. And when we come before him, this is what he wants to see. This is who he wants to see because this is who Jesus is. Jesus is patient. He's kind. He's, he's long-suffering. He's, he's faithful. All of those things he presented because, again, the Father is the vine dresser of Jesus, and Jesus is the vine dresser of us. And he said, when we come to the Father in his name, that means we should be looking like Jesus when we come to the Father. Then he will, God will do it because he said, I see my son. I see my son. I see you producing. I see you producing love, peace, kindness, joy. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, because I want you to get to that maturity point. So when I call on you, I can use you to meet a need. Because remember, Jesus with the fig tree, he looked at the fig tree and he had a need because he was hungry. And so God is looking and he's constantly inspecting his vineyard, which is us. We're in the vineyard, and God is looking and making sure we, we, we are growing and maturing. So when that time comes, like any fruit on a tree when it's ripe and ready, I can pluck it and use it because it'll meet a need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now what should we do with this fruit? What should you say? Okay, we know the fruit. That's all fruit. But what should we do with it? In Colossians 12, Colossians 3, 12 through 16, it says, Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself, by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy. Kind feelings. Sound familiar, doesn't These are the fruits. Kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, which is tiredness and long-suffering. Patience is kind. Patience doesn't get tired. That girl does her thing. She never gets tired. She's always on the clock 24-7. When we allow her, when we allow her, the scriptures say let patience have her perfect work. She's, she's, she works tiredless. She always got our back. And then she helps us. She, she, she helps us. She helps us. She helps us. She works tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes. So when we allow impatience to have her perfect work, and so whatever come our way, whether get fired on the job, lack of finances, don't have this, don't have that stress, the kids acting up, the husband walked out, all of that. When we allow patience to have her perfect work, and whatever comes our way, guess what? We'll be right there. We won't be moved because patience is constantly working on our behalf and with a good attitude while we're going through because we allow patience to have her good work. And then there's another sister here. There's another sister. There's another sister. I'm going to get to her in a little bit. But verse 13 says, be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance or a complaint against another, readily pardoning, readily means immediately. 
Do it immediately. Don't start letting your mind start thinking about it. Because once your mind starts thinking about it, then your mind starts planting that seed in your heart. So it says pardoning readily. Do it quick. Do it fast. Do it right on the spot. So you won't let it fester. Readily pardoning each other. As the Lord has freely forgiven you so much, you also forgive. And above all these, put on and enfold yourselves. Where my visual aid got at? Enfold yourselves. Enfold yourselves. Come here, Jalen. <laughs> hurry up. Hurry up, son. Hurry up. Enfold yourselves with the bond. Enfold. 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 Enfold yourself. All, all over you. Enfold. Enfold yourselves. Enfold yourself. Enfold yourself with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything completely together. When we get all of this going on and letting it operate, no matter what's going on in our life, it's causing things, it's causing things, it's causing things to come together completely, binding everything together, that it will keep us in that peaceful, that peaceful state. Okay, Jayla, you can have a seat. <laughs> Hallelujah. And verse 15 says, and let peace. Uh-oh, here's peace. She's bad, y'all. And let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts. You got peace in there saying, you are, we know how, if anybody in here sports fans, anything like that, you know what a rep does, you know what an umpire does, he's making the calls. And he said, no, don't do that. No, don't go there. Don't get upset about that. I got you. I'm here. Yeah, this is happening. That's happening. But I got you. And it helps me to understand. It helps me to understand when Jesus was in the bottom of the boat, when they was on the Sea of Galilee. It helps me to understand peace, what she does. Jesus exemplified it. Jesus can sleep in the midst of a storm. What's going on? It, because peace was constantly ruling and reigning. Peace was constantly being that umpire in his heart. And peace, if you allow it, if you allow it, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds, and it keeps you in that peaceful state. And so now I know when Jesus walked out there on the boat and disciples going crazy and the wind and the rain and everything blowing, he didn't get excited and go, oh my God, what's going on? He went out and he spoke to it and he said, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. So peace is bad because she's constantly umpiring on our behalf. You got it. It's going to be all right. Yeah, they said this. Yeah, the doctor said this. Yeah, they said that. Yeah, they said you wasn't going to make it. Yeah, they said you was not going to get this promotion, this job. But peace, peace, be still. To which, hallelujah, peace keeps us in that peaceful state no matter what's going on around us. But again, peace is not going to come in and patience is not going to come in. Them two bad sisters, they ain't going to come in and bogart their way in. You got to let them in. You got to let them do their thing. You got to let them come in and have their perfect work. Let them do what they do. To which as members of Christ's own body, you were also called to live. God has caused us to live in peace. He's given us everything we need that pertains to godliness and that we can make it in this world because again you all we just passing through this is not our permanent estate 
We just passing through. So God said, I'm going to give you everything you need. Why are you passing through? But I do have an expectation. But, and I am protecting you. Hallelujah. And I bless you. But I do have an expectation why you just passing through. Because I look back those years when it talked about the father came in for three years. Those years represent our life. I give you 70 good years, and at least when I come and when it's all over, you should have something to produce to me. Have some fruit. I give you those years. And that's what God is looking for. He is looking for us to produce. He is looking to, we are to be the little Jesuses in the earth. That's what God is looking for. We are to be the little Jesuses in the earth. Because what God said is say, by their fruit. The world will know us by our fruit. Go into John uh, uh, verse thir chapter uh, 13, verse 34. It says, and Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now that by this, that by this means this. Unbelievers won't recognize us by our doctrinal differences or by how many members we have in the beauty of our church buildings or how we look spiritual and talk the church lingo. The world could care less. <laughs> but it will be how we treat and love one another. Why? Because love is action that's demonstrated. And Jesus, he demonstrated it. His love, that he laid his life down for us. He demonstrated it. He didn't just talk the talk or walk the walk. He did it. And it's by this, by this. You are a fruit producer. Are you a fruit producer? And if you are, is it ready for the master's use? 2 Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some for honorable and noble that's polite, moral, upright, self-sacrificing use. And some for menial, that's the unskilled, basic, boring, and ignoble use, which is dishonorable, shameful, despicable. Which do you want to be? Do you want to be a vessel? Or do you want to be a utensil? You definitely don't want to be used ignobly. So verse 21 says, So whosoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable for the master, fit and ready for any good work. So when God comes to inspect our fruit, He's looking for something that's fit and ready because I have a work for you. And I'm giving you that time to develop. I'm giving you that time to mature. I'm giving you the time because I'm patient. And I'll give you what you need. But there is an expectation and there is a time when I'm going to come and I'm going to call upon you because I have a need that needs to be met. Amen. Amen. So here are some helpful steps in producing good fruit. If you're not quite familiar with it, I got something for you. Verse 22 says, shun useful lusts and flee from them. 
and aim at and pursue righteousness, all that is virtuous and good right living, conformity to the will of God in thought, word, and deed. That's what we are to think, to say, and to do. Thought, word, and deed, and aim at and pursue faith, love, and peace. There they go again. There go those fruits again. Faith, love, and peace. Harmony and unity with others in fellowship with all Christians who call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. But refuse, shut your minds against, have nothing to do with trifling, ill-informed, unedifying, stupid controversies over ignorant questions, for you know that they foster strife and breed quarrels, not to mention gossip. And the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, that's the fighting and contending saints, we must not be. Instead, he must be kindly to everyone in mild temper, preserving the bond of peace. He must be skilled and a suitable teacher, patient and forbearing and willing to suffer wrong. He must correct his opponents with courtesy and gentleness in hope that God may grant that they will repent and come to know the truth, that they will perceive and recognize and become accurately acquainted with and acknowledge it. We all have our part, y'all. And verse 26 says, and that they may come to their senses when we do what we're supposed to do. That they will come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the enemy. Because the enemy is just opposite of what of the fruit of the Spirit does. It agitates, it frustrates, it does all of those things. And that they may come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him, henceforth from this day forward, to do God's will. And the harvest. And it said, and the harvest, James 3.18 says, and the harvest of righteousness, of conformity to God's will and thought indeed, and thought indeed, is the fruit of the seed sown in peace, by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. What did God say? He said, I give seed to the sower. When you have good fruit, you got good seed. Good seed produce good fruit. We are to constantly multiply and produce. But we have to have, we have to produce good fruit. Because in that fruit, we will get good seed. And God says he gives seed to the sower and we're to go and to sow that seed into somebody else's life so they can blossom, mature, and grow. Amen. And so James 3.18 says, In the harvest, which we read, of conformity to God's will and thought and deed is the fruit of the seed, sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others, that peace, which means unity, concord, unity, agreement, and harmony between individuals with undisturbedness in a peaceful, free mind, and mind free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. And so our objective, as we pilgrimage through this life, our objective should be that our fruit is useful, fit, and ready for the master's use. Amen, 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 amen. So I just want to encourage, I just want to encourage you that God is serious about his fruit. And he's serious about coming to look for fruit. And so we have this life that God has given us. And we are to produce. 
because he does come in and expect, inspect from time to time to see how we're doing. And if with that fruit that becomes stagnant and we're not producing, we have the vine dresser Jesus who comes in and prunes us. And he's only pruning us to make us better. He's only pruning us to make us better. Hallelujah. So God is serious about producing fruit. He wants our lives because, again, when we produce fruit, God uses us to meet a need. We've never been saved for ourselves. We've never been saved for ourselves. Even all the talents and gifts that he gives us, the ability, he said we are to minister those things to one another. But the fruit is on our part because God has given us everything we need. And so now the fruit is on our part to begin to mature and develop. And then he said, when we read in Isaiah, he said, I put you with my choicest vine. Got an, an environment, remember, we talked about the fig tree and it depends on the environment. And so with that, I want to encourage my sisters and my brothers, let's produce, let's not go into the year 2017. We want to produce good fruit, fruit that will remain. Fruit that will remain. Yes, fruit that will remain. Let that be our goal for 2017. God, I want to be better. And when you come and look at my fruit, I want you to be able to go, oh, it's ready for use. I'm ready to pick you because I have to meet a need. There's needs out there all through this world that we, there's a need that needs to be met. But God is looking at, how can I meet the need? When I look in my vineyard and everything has not matured, you know, it's not producing. I need, I come to look for my vineyard constantly because I have needs all over this world that need to be met. And it's not just natural needs, spiritual needs. And there's a lot of people out there hungry. So who God is going to send? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so for prayer, if you feel just thinking back and kind of, you know, reevaluating. I know for me, when the, when the Lord gave me this and the Holy Spirit said to me, and he said, where is the fruit? And he said it that way and it caught my attention. Where's the fruit? So God is looking for fruit in our lives to produce so that we can be used. No longer we're going to go in year 2017. So I'm going to open up this altar here. We have prayer. We pray for each other. And if you feel that, or even if you want to make a, a, a new commitment, God, I want to be better next year in 2017. I want to just move forward. I want to produce better fruit, more fruit, fruit that's rich. And so for prayer, for prayer, the altar is open for prayer. It's all about God, saints. Even for me, myself, I said, Lord, I got to make this dedication. Dedica I'm dedicating this year to you to get more into what you have in me to be, that I may mature and be all that you want me to be, so that when you do come and you call on me, I am fit and I am ready for your use, Master. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to your wonderful name. Father, we just come before you, Lord. 
We come before you, O oh God, humbly, O oh God. Make us to be what you have us to be, Father. Oh God, hallelujah, Lord. Let us produce, oh God. Let us to look like Jesus when we come before you, oh Lord. Lord, you said our righteousness is filthy rags. You're not looking for us. You're looking to see your son in us. You're looking to see who you are. And so we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we set ourselves before you, Lord. And we say, here am I, oh God. Here we are, Lord. Here we are standing in the need of prayer, Lord. We all could use some prayer. We all can use some pruning. We all can use, Lord. We all can use, oh God, anything that you see fit to do in our lives, Lord. Here we are, oh God. And Father, we stand in the need of prayer. We pray in the name of Jesus, oh God. Have your way in our lives, oh God. Father God, we look forward to 2017 and the great things that you're going to do in our lives, oh God. Lord, that you're going to use us, oh God. In the name of Jesus, use us for your glory, oh God. Lord, you have great expectation of us because you've given us everything that we need, oh God, to produce and to multiply in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you. Make us a new God. Do a new thing in us. Do a new thing in UCC. Do a new thing, God, in the name of Jesus. So, God, when you send the harvest, oh, God, we are fit and we are ready for your use, Lord. And so, Father, we thank you and we bless you, oh, God. Have your way in us, Lord. Have your way in us, God. Have your way, Lord. So when we do come into your presence, oh God, we'll be all that's presenting that Jesus is in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. We bless you, Lord. Come on, let's bless him. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, oh God. Everything that we need is in your word, oh God. You've given us everything we need. You prepared the ground. You planted us with your choices, fine, oh God. And you gave us everything we need to be that which you have called us to become. So we are fit and ready for your use. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, let's clap our hands for the word of the Lord tonight. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Let's just take a few moments and just give God praise. You got to see yourself bearing more fruit in 2017. And let's just take a moment and thank God for the word tonight. Come on, Father, we just thank you for the word tonight. We just see those things and we speak those things that are not as though they were. We just decree it and declare it more fruit in our lives. God, to please you and to honor you. To please you and to honor you and to give you the glory. Help me thank God for Pastor Carmen Dorsey tonight. Let's thank God for the word of the Lord. Listen, before we prepare ourselves to give to the Lord, I just want you, and I just feel like we, you know, she spoke about the environment, the environment, the environment. And I just feel like we are in a teaching environment. Take some time tonight. Share with somebody something you've learned tonight. You know, they're all type of fruit of the Spirit, and we know them, but maybe there's one or two that just sort of resonates with you more. And if you're not too ashamed to tell somebody, these are some of the fruit I want to grow in next year like never before. Would you just take a moment and talk with someone next to you? Just, why don't you just tell them here's a fruit that I want to grow in. I don't know. It could be peace. It could be love.